0: Hello and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand with Tanya Watkins. This podcast was created for professional and creative women in business who are looking to create a personal brand that stands out, package their greatness and monetize their hustle. Tanya, the founder of Massive Brand Consulting, is a high-ticket monetization coach and brand expert who believes that with smart hustle and savvy marketing strategies, you can become a boldly confident influencer in your market, build a loyal and engaged community, and create much more than a six-figure business. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Activate Your Massive Brand. I'm super, super pumped for this episode. As I've talked about in the past, I really want to start sharing more about my personal life, my family, and um, how those things affect my business, how I operate in my business, um, how I teach women <laughs> who have uh, similar, you know, life makeup as I do, wife, kids, all of that. Um, and so one of the things that I kind of not hid, but didn't talk much about was my family planning. Um, and so I'm going to just jump right in so if you are someone, if you are a woman in business who has children, if you're 30 plus years old and you're looking to have more children, maybe you even have a teen <laughs> at home already um, and you operate a business that you know is going to be a multimillion dollar business, you probably would want to listen to this episode because you and I were on the same page. Uh, even if you are a younger mom, maybe you'll get some nuggets out of this as well. Um, but I really am speaking to today the woman who wants it all maybe you are in your late 20s early 30s or like me in your late 30s and you're like you know what I think I am going to have another kid uh, so I just kind of want to walk you through um you know the past couple of years for me as I said I would I put this out on my Instagram story like I'm going to share my story and then I got a bunch of DMs like girl where's the episode and I was like yeah which I had recorded edited and then here we are again and for additional responsibility uh, and accountability, I am also recording it like video as well. So there's that. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So I, um, I'm not a new mom. <laughs> I, again, have a 16-year-old. And I have a beautiful husband. And we have been talking about the, the idea that maybe we do want more children. I also have stepchildren as well. And I just kept saying, like, I was really happy with being like the one and done girl. My daughter is awesome. And I was just really happy with how my life had turned out thus far. I keep turning to the side because my little one is actually in the office today. I wanted to bring her swing here. so You might hear some cooing. (laughs) Um, And I was just like, I really feel cool. Like if we don't have more children, like I'm actually really good. I think that, you know, I have a lot on my plate anyway. Uh, I'm not longing for things to do. My calendar's pretty full and we're happy. And then, you know, as time went on, we've been together almost 10 years. You know, we kept having the conversation of, okay, are we really not going to have any more children? Um, Were you serious? And, you know, my husband's a little bit younger than me. (laughs) So he was just like, I'm ready, like. And his thing was like, why don't we get married if we're not going to have children? And I'm like, to to, to do things the, the way <laughs> they need to be done. Um, I you know, wanted to be married and like live my life the way I want to live my life um, <laughs> for my beliefs and for who I am. <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast episode. So over time, we just, you know, said, let's do it. Like we had multiple conversations and I just was like, you know what? I really do think that would be pretty dope if we had our own child. I do think that, you know, um, Catherine would be, fall in love with her. And I, I really like, let's do it. Like I'm in, you got me. And I gave him one like stipulation. I'm like, if we do this, if we do this, we're doing two, like back to back. Like, I don't want just one. Been there, done that. And I definitely want this next Little love being to have a sibling that's like their age, close in age that lives with them, um so that was it. Shook on it. We're good to go, <laughs> um, and just thought like we both thought like, okay, like cool, like you know, we're gonna be pregnant soon, no problem, We just shook on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that did not happen. um, so we literally were we tried for maybe like a year or so. Kind of on and off, not really too serious because we knew, we just kind of were like overly confident that it was going to happen. And so like, there was really no strategy. There was no planning. It was just like, okay, we'll be pregnant, like whatever, right? And, you know, the first year went by and like, oh, mm, wow. You know, like maybe we just weren't like really into it. Like, you know, like we got to just like kind of put our collective efforts in it and like, and just like, (laughs) what are we doing wrong? But not to the point where we were like, Desperate, just kind of like, huh, let's lean into this a little bit and see what is going on. And maybe just kind of take a look more closely at your cycle, that kind of thing. Um, So we did that. Another year passed. And OK, so now we got to <laughs> because we're not pregnant and we really got to figure out what's going on. And so I spoke to my doctor, I went to my doctor's office. I mean, she had been um <clears throat> aware of what I've been trying to do all along. And so, you know, she, we, we, you know, looked at my age and all the things, all the factors, you know, me being um, a woman of color, me being not the skinniest woman, which I love my shape. I'll just go on record to say that. (laughs) I love being a a plus size woman. Um, I will tell you that I would love to get rid of my midsection. If I could just keep my whole body, have skinny arms and no waist, Y'all wouldn't even be able to see me. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. So, um, you know, I spoke to her and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, what, why, why are we here? And I asked her if it was my age. I asked her if it was the PCOS that I also have and develops over time. And she assured me that it was not any of those things, that it was just, you know, timing, that, we we assume that it just takes nothing right like to go have a baby real quick um and that there's no planning that needs to be involved because people get lucky all the time um but that's luck and it's miracles that happen before us every day right and so she's like maybe you just haven't had your miracle and the miracle typically is that you're not planning and then boom something happens and either you're really excited for it or you're like what the heck <laughs> uh, unfortunately you haven't had that happen so She advised that we started planning um, and tracking my ovulation and all of that. So I did that another year. So now we're like, okay, what is going on? And we went back to the same doctor and she assured us like, no, like you just got to keep on it. And when we looked a little bit closer, she's like, you're not even tracking consistently. Like you track one month and then not the next month. and know what's going on. In the meantime, between time, I'm like trying to make sure that I'm, eating the right things and that I'm looking at what a woman who has PCOS, but is trying to conceive, what should she be eating? How should she be living her life? So I'm doing all of these things in and around, obviously tracking my ovulation now to see how we're going to make this baby happen. And lo and behold, like within months of me being like, okay, okay, I'm in it to win it. We're doing this. And you know, it's so it's so funny how this all worked out because and, and I'm never gonna say that I didn't want to get pregnant because obviously, like no one's gonna twist my arm into this. But as time went on, I was like, oh no, like I'm having this baby. I went from being like, Yeah, I want a baby, like cool. Like I want like he's the love of my life, he's my husband, like I love him, like we're 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 in this to win this. And then over time, I was like, "Oh no, like we we gonna get this baby like." We, <laughs> and anyone who knows me knows that I'm competitive, and so if I get rejected or if something if, if something happens where there's a no, whew, okay, I'm strategizing. Like I'm gonna figuring it out. Like because we are gonna make it happen. So no just means to me, oh, okay, let's re-strategize. Let's bring it back to the, you know, um, locker room. Get it together. Run some plays in our mind. Watch some film. <laughs> and get back on it. Um, so that's what we did. We were pregnant. We were so happy. I was like, Oh my god! And then the, I called the doctor's office to let them know, like, the start. You know our um, appointments. And my first appointment, the doctor was like, "Huh, your levels, HCG levels, aren't really where they need to be. This is kind of, you know, interesting. No, too not not too big of a deal." Um, but let's go ahead and keep booking you in for a blood test so we can see what's going on and then we'll get started with your, you know, prenatal appointments. And then not so great news. (laughs) So we realized that my levels were actually going down, which was basically an indication of miscarriage. So that was miscarriage number one. And that was about eight weeks. So, you know, no big deal. No big deal. We're just going to try again. And I uh, want to say about six months later, maybe a year, uh, I don't remember the timing. It all just was like a big blur. But less than a year later, um, I was pregnant again. Cool. Like it's finally happening. And the first pregnancy, like we had been going back and forth for testing and blood blood testing, even a couple of ultrasounds, and there wasn't even a sack. It was just very miserable. And then the second pregnancy, I don't even think that I was aware for a week before I had miscarried again. And I don't even think I even got to tell Joey that I was like, that we were expecting. It just happened like so fast. And I'm like, okay, what is it? Is it the PCOS? Is it the fact that I am, you know, in my, um, the latter part of my (laughs) thirties, you know, what is it? Is it, you know, tell me. Cause I really need to figure it out because I want to be able to undo what is happening or what is causing this to happen. And so, you know, my doctor was just like, no, like this is an infertility issue. This is a, this is an issue that happens for many women because what ends up happening when you are trying and you are tracking and you know exactly what's going on in your body, you typically find out that you're pregnant faster than you would if you weren't really paying attention. And so that's typically around four, five, six weeks. And so I was finding out that I was pregnant, like, boom, like five weeks. And um, how many of us have been pregnant at five weeks, didn't know it, and then got our period? Like, that was the trippiest part to me. She, she was just like, how many times in your lifetime? You'll never know. that In her lifetime, and many women, all of us, right? Where we think, oh, my goodness, I'm late. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm a week late, I'm two weeks late, and then you get your period. At least one of those times, you were probably pregnant and you didn't know it. And when I heard that, I was just like, oh, like, oh my goodness, that's nuts. Again, it didn't like make me feel any better about my miscarriages or whatever. My, it gave me a little bit of like, give me some of my sanity back. Like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not, like, my body's not, like, maybe there's... Not much going on, and I'm just kind of needing to be more patient, and so again, really figuring out what what, I, what am I eating, what am I doing to move my body, prenatal vitamins, all of that, and then we try it one more time. And at this point, my husband's just like, I don't even really care anymore, and I'm just like, me either. Like we're both just like, if it happens, it happens, you know. Let's just we actually um we're at the point where we, we try to travel at least once a year, and of course COVID, so we hadn't been. And he, something was just like, you know, let's just go. His favorite place is Jamaica, which is so funny because I'm Jamaican. My favorite place is Puerto Rico and he's Puerto Rican. So it's, it's we're always just like, we need to go to Puerto Rico. But for some reason, we just keep going to Jamaica. <laughs> so we went to Jamaica and um, we just had fun. And we we're just like, oh my God, let's, like, let's just like forget all the bad things that has happened in and around this family planning with all the, mis- the miscarriages and the bad news and this and that. And we went, we had fun. And that was that. So then we come home, and we're just like, you know, if if we get pregnant at some point in the near future, great. If not, then you know, at least we you know we're trying, and we'll just, you know, maybe go back to the doctor, maybe switch doctors. But we were kind of just like happy to have a couple of moments, couple of weeks, couple of days where we just like whatever, because the tension of it all was really getting to be a lot. And this is like no one in our, our like his family didn't know, my family didn't know, my friends. Well, you know my girlfriends knew, <laughs> but um, my clo- my chosen close few that I speak to on a regular basis were like they knew, but not maybe not to this extent. And then maybe like three or four weeks after we come back from Jamaica, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, how, Sway? Like, how is it? How does this happen? When we're like throwing our hands up in the air, like, f it, forget it, we're done. And then next thing you know, we're like, we've conceived. So. I was just like, okay, like I'm pregnant, that's fine. Like, <laughs> I'll go to the doctor, see what they say, and you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, God's covering me in this, and I know that I'm going to have a story to tell. I know that there's going to be a testimony in this somewhere, somehow. So at this point, I'm no longer attached to how the story plays out. I'm just waiting for my turn to jump in to be able to say glory to God so I can go start speaking about what happened and give other women hope. So that was like where I stood and go to my my appointments and I keep going to appointments and I keep going to appointments and nothing's happening and everything's great. and Everyone's smiling and everyone's happy. And I'm like, okay, like, do we get to like, start like getting excited for this? Is this happening? We get to, you know, the point where the first trimester is over and I was actually taking progesterone suppositories and I got a call in the middle of the grocery store to stop taking them because my placenta is taking over and life is good. I'm like, oh my God, I was like crying in the middle of the grocery store. and My husband's like, what's going on? Like, what what happened to you? And I'm like, oh my God, I can stop taking the suppositories. And he's like, um. you might want to bring it down a notch. <laughs> People are here <laughs> in the store with us. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I got wiped my tears and we were literally in the like chips aisle. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my, <laughs> go back to our normally, you know, regularly scheduled program, get our groceries and get out of here. But then when I got home, I was just like, I came to my office. And I just sat here and I was just like, it's happening. Oh my God. Um, And from that point forward, my, Pregnancy was pretty much a breeze. When I tell you, I gained like 23, 27 pounds, something crazy like that. Um, I really just kind of stuck to what I was doing, trying to exercise a little bit, eat in a way that made sense for PCOS that I still have. And despite all of that, here comes the glucose testing. And I was pretty confident because the first one, we did the first one, that was fine, no big deal. And the second one, my blood sugar tested around 203 or 206 and they were freaked. The doctor was freaked out. And my mom, of course, trying to like make me feel bad. She's like, that ain't even that high girl by. And I'm like, I don't know, because so if y'all like, you know, know someone who has diabetes or if you or if you know blood sugar, if you're a nurse or whatever, I don't know if you can tell me if 203, 206 was horrible or not, but. Doctors call me like, girl, we got to get you on some insulin. And my mom's just like, girl, you'll be all right. (laughs) Just like, what do I do? Um, So like, you know what? I'm going to like, I know I've been saying that I've been taking care of my, you know, nutrition, but I'm really going to like watch everything I eat, like literally everything and make sure that I'm drinking my water, even more water. And I basically didn't go beyond like 120 at that point when I tested my blood sugar at home. And so we were like, okay, no insulin. You're good to go. Whew. We, you know, that was that was pretty, you know, like a little bit of a scare. And of course my mom's still like, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. She's like, I wasn't gonna I was I was gonna tell them if I had to call them, you was gonna be able to buy insulin. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) And then we think, okay, well good. And then I go to the doctor for my I think I was like thirty-three or thirty-two weeks at that point for just, you know, my one of my appointments. And my blood pressure was a little high. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Now my blood pressure? And so it was like, okay, no big deal. Like maybe you just, you were huffing and puffing in here. You maybe had a long day today and life's crazy. You're pregnant. You have all these things going on. You're working, your business, like all these things, right? Um, Let's test it, you know, for your next appointment. Go back and it's high again. So now we're doing stress tests, the no, no stress tests, and my blood pressure is not going down, and I'm having more frequent visits. Now I'm meeting, I'm going to the doctor every, you know, twice a week, and it's, you know, we're on medication, and all these things are happening, and now I'm, like, starting to get a little nervous, because I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> Up until this point, point, this has been, like, the easiest pregnancy ever, Um, I was able to combat gestational diabetes. And now here we are with gestational hypertension. And so I'm like, well, you know, as long as there's no protein in my blood, I guess we're good because that's what I kept hearing. Oh, no protein, no protein, no protein. You're great. And actually two months. So, oh my God, tomorrow we'll make, uh, Avi will be, her name is Aviella Noel, by the way, Aviella Noel. So Aviella will be two months tomorrow. So I go to the doctor for my no stress test, whatever. And it's March 27th and or March 17th, sorry. And here we are again. High blood pressure. And we're like, let's just test test the protein through the roof. Proteins through the roof. And the doctor's like, you know, I'm just gonna call my, you know, my colleagues and we're gonna just talk this out. I'm gonna talk them through your numbers. And I'm just going to get a couple of opinions. I already have a strong opinion to, you know, do an emergency C-section with you today. Um, But I just want to just get a couple of other opinions and then we'll go from there. Mind you, I'm 35 weeks, so I'm already freaking out. Like, how am I going to, like, how is baby going to survive 35 weeks? Um, Which, you know, of course, it's not horrible, uh, but I really wanted her to stay (laughs) a little bit longer. And about an hour later, she comes back and she's like, yep, today's the day. Girl, when I tell you, hair wasn't done, nails wasn't done, my pedicure was, like, life was jacked. I felt like, (laughs) I was like, not that that matters, because who cares, right? The, The grand scheme of things. But you know, like, when I had my first daughter, everything happened all crazily. I was 22 years old. I had no idea. Hospital bag? What? I was just, like, flying by the seat of my freaking pants. I was just so happy to just, like, be able to, like, breathe. My whole life was, I went from a just regular random college kid to, like, having a full-blown baby, so I was just happy to just live to see another day. Um, Postpartum depression, like, you name it, I had it. My, that pregnancy threw me. I've had, like, chronic nasal congestion, heartburn, I was nauseous until like maybe six, seven, eight months. Like when I tell you, I was like, oh my goodness, to this pregnancy where everything was like a breeze. And I was obviously in a different state financially at this time in my life now where I'm, you know, planning photo shoots and all this stuff. And like, girl, no photo shoot. Like, what photo shoot? Like, that was (laughs) the week after I gave birth was the photo shoot, the day that I had my photo shoot scheduled. Woo. So, Again, not to say that hair done, nails and everything did was like a top priority of mine, but I had looked forward to planning this in a different way. Let's just put it that way. Um, So I called my husband and I'm like, he's, mind you, he's in Boston, like running errands, uh, which is like not as close to where we live. We live further, like south of Boston. And um, he's like, what? Like today, oh my God! So he's like, just tell them to hold on. Like, tell them to wait till I get there. Like, well, they'll wait as long as they can, but you know, you need to get here. So of course, he got in time and he was there like well beyond time, before time. And we got our, he got COVID tested, I got COVID tested, we're good. And yeah, five weeks early. So then she's here, and now she has um, blood sugar issues where hers was low and also jaundice, which everyone has jaundice, right? And a couple of other things. And so she was in the NICU for a week, which felt like eight weeks. When everyone ever, ever asked me like, well, how long was she in the NICU? And I'm like, girl, she was in there for a week. <laughs> so she was in there for a week and then she came home and it's been awesome ever since. And so um, I share all this because there's probably women here out, out there listening or watching Um, who resonate with this somehow, some way. Maybe you are someone, maybe you are voluptuous with PCOS. Maybe you're a woman of color. Maybe you're at the advanced maternal age stage of your life, which is so funny. Like, also we don't call it geriatric pregnancy anymore, but we still offend women over 35. Got it. (laughs) Because I'm like, I don't really feel any different. Mentally, I'm obviously not the same person as I was when I was 22, but like, I don't really feel like like what's so different? But they'll tell you in the doctor's office. <laughs> so if you ever want to know, <laughs> they're they're ready, willing, and able to tell you the differences between being in twenties and pregnant and thirties and pregnant. So yes, but honestly, one of the biggest things that I heard when I was telling people—not many people, but just around me—that I was thinking about having children, I was like, "Are you sure you want to start over? Oh my god, why would you do that to yourself?" And I really like what I appreciate about this journey was that I I was just, when I tell you that we had decided, we had decided the amount of prayer that went into this, the amount of um, planning, the amount of like security in my decision that I had. And so, you know, one of the things I just want to share with you, if you're someone who's thinking about maybe or possibly, or maybe you're in this already in the thick of it, like when I tell you prayer works, when I tell you like being able to like, know that God put something in your heart and it's not just something that you want to do on a whim. Like I really feel like because I was connected to my source and I was connected to um you know the Holy Spirit and I knew that like this this is what God is calling me to. It wasn't like we're having children and that's it. Like when I tell you the amount of prayer that when it, at least for me I I, I, <laughs> I won't speak for my husband. But for me, like I knew like this is this is a this is a God thing. Like, this whole journey is a God thing. And how blessed am I to be able to say, like, with my baby right there, <laughs> that, like, it happened, like, throughout all the trials. Throughout the, when I tell you, I probably went to, between the start of this journey and now, I, maybe a hundred doctor appointments. I don't even know, maybe even more of the back and forth of, you know, what's going on. Let's change this medicine. Like, just so much. and knowing that anything you desire is possible. What I'll also say is I've had so many people um, share like, oh my God, how are you going to do business? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be all messed up. You're going to be overwhelmed. And I I wouldn't say that I feel overwhelmed. I will say that I do feel a different sense of urgency around my business growth in general um my daily tasks obviously because my schedule has changed my husband and i have decided to not do any childcare daycare nanny nothing um, until she's at least 6 months which means that i have 4 months left <laughs> and then i'm like we'll be hiring someone to come help out but this is like how cool is it that i get to do this like who like many most moms don't get to say that they will be spending the first 6 months every day that they get to hang out with their daughter, son, and still do what they love to earn money for their family. Like, how cool is that that I get to say that? Uh, and so one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this is really making sure that if you're in this space and place, what are you doing prior to childbirth um, to prepare for having time off? And so that was one of the things I, I don't think I did well. And as I had mentioned, we're probably, we're hopefully, we're prayfully going to do this one more go again. Um, And I really want to be like strategic in what are the daily activities that I'm doing while pregnant so that when I'm on maternity leave, I will be able to like fully walk away. Um, And because of the software that I just launched and other projects that I had, obviously with five months left of my pregnancy that I thought I had that I, that was like snatched away from me. I did come back to work sooner, but on an abbreviated schedule. So I'm working a couple of hours a day and then we're good to go. Um, But like, honestly, like what are some of the things that you want to put into place? So let's talk about that. So if you are someone who's like, I, I know I want to get pregnant and I, but I still sold to run my business or I'm currently pregnant. Like what are some of the things that I suggest you do uh, is one, take a look at what you need for your income to be now and also later. Like what are you doing know going to turn into business. So if you're like, how do we switch gears? Just like that, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> so um, what do you need your business to, to do for you while you're on maternity leave? The one thing is operate. And the second thing is to make money, right? So how do we service the people and how do we make enough money to be able to, you know, me not be, present in the daily operations. And so whether it's getting your monthly recurring income to a point where you're able to earn, pay your uh, employees or your staff and operate whatever tools and resources that can jump in, in your absence, that's what you need to do. So mind mapping the income. So the revenue that needs to be made on a recurring basis, what is that? And for how long, right? So if you want to take your leave for three months or six months and you know your business needs to bring in $30,000, right? To be able to pay you and also pay your team and pay your tools and resources, ads, whatever you have, marketing, then that's what it is. Like, so what does that look like in terms of customers, right? How many customers do we need uh, and clients do we need? In the business, so that we're able to sustain the business while you're away, is it 10 clients? Is it 20 clients? Is it five clients? Like, what is the price point? What is your what is your offer? Um, what is the best offer that you could put in place right now that gets your clients and your customers to um, their desired transformation with the least amount of your physical input? Right? Like, um, you know, I learned. A while, a long while ago, that how I wanted to operate my business, Um, and that's why I love teaching the high ticket group program model, the like the cross between a a course and a group program. Because one, I've been I've been teaching framework and method your own having your own methodology, and I mean package your greatness has been one of our um, core values for a long time because I really and truly believe that you should be able to package your expertise in a way that allows for your client to easily learn how to take what you're saying and make that the blueprint to getting them to where they desire to be. At the same time, it should be so easy that you can hire staff to coach and train and really facilitate that process without you. So you should like, one of the coolest things about being a coach is that we, um, or a consultant is that we forget that we get to do this, not just with our, uh, (laughs) clients, but our staff. Right. So that's the next point. So we talk about our revenue, like what does that need to be, but who needs to be put in place to be able to get you to the point where you're like, okay, I know that when I step away, I have someone working sales. I have someone working in marketing, and then I have someone servicing um, our clients, and then I have someone who's supporting the business needs, whether it's, you know, little things like logging someone in, or maybe helping to enroll a client, or whatever the case may be that you have someone for sales, and for service, and for whatever support that you might need. So what does that look like? Do you already have these people in place? Or do you need to bring someone on board before you, you know, offboard uh yourself and start your maternity leave, right? So again, not everything's perfect because clearly I had five weeks left of pregnancy and I went <laughs> and I had this baby. Um, but how close can you get to that point of planning, right? Like we talk about planning in our personal life when it comes to pregnancy and like, getting the bag ready and getting all the, the, the nursery ready and like all these things, right? Clothes, baby shower, um, the classes that you might take in preparation, therapy that you might be take, you know, going to in preparation, all these things that you're doing and prep for your child, but how are you prepping and baby proofing your business? So that's my suggestion. Really what two things is getting your income to a point where you can still pay yourself, pay your team, and pay for the resources that you need, hopefully on a recurring level, where you know this money's coming in each month. So you're signing long-term contracts and also hire, um, you know, bringing an onboarding on long-term customers and clients. But then you're also taking a look at the team and the tools and the resources that you have in place and knowing that they can take what, you, what needs to happen and run with it while you are away. Um, so that's really my just like little nugget that I want to throw in there as it relates to building business. My suggestion is that it is a high ticket group program. (laughs) So if you have questions about what that looks like, definitely DM me or, you know, hop on a call and we can talk that out. And then as it relates to, if you're someone who relates to the story, I would just say, and you're looking to potentially have a little, maybe at the age of 30 something or even 20 something or maybe 40 something like like self-advocacy is everything. Um, the the fact that I, you know, I would go back and forth to the doctor like over and over again, if I felt, you know, I needed to to ask questions and to figure out what was going on. And I was told that this was not an infertility thing. It was not a PCOS thing. It was just a timing thing and that's fine. And it worked out the way it needed to, but I, I wasn't going to just sit by and just let, that happen without like having these conversations. Um, also don't be afraid to switch doctors. I switched doctors. Actually, I was like probably 30 weeks and my doctor was like, why? And her, her partner, you know, her colleague who I would see sometimes depending on, you know, my doctor's availability was like, eh, don't switch. Like, you'll be fine. Just stay here. Like, you know, whatever. Um, it shouldn't, you know, your pregnancy's coming to an end anyway, where, you know, the getting to the third trimester you'll be fine like whatever whatever and I'm just like going back and forth and like in my mind like do I do I not and I had a consultation with who ended up being my new doctor fell in love with the facility fell in love with everyone all the like all everyone like everyone 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 and um they really were just like hand-holding me throughout the whole like latter part of my pregnancy and just really like Holding space for what needed to happen, listening to me, answering my questions, really like just like even with the gestational diabetes, even though I was able to like take a look at what I needed to do and manage it myself, they were still really vested in what was going on at home. And of course, with the hypertension, um, that I mean, my God, (laughs) I was at that doctor's office like twice a week. And so I just really, if anything, want to impress upon you, like knowing who's got your back and feeling like if you don't feel comfortable at your doctor's office, especially as a woman of color, like we definitely need to make sure that we are taken care of because of some of the things that come up in our pregnancy that sometimes are overlooked, like the high blood pressure, right? And the preeclampsia that I had. So by the grace of God, everything's fine. We're great. Um, But I also do believe that like I, I was led to changing doctors. Like I felt called to do that. And I felt like, you know, not that my life was in jeopardy, but I really wanted to make sure that I was in the best hands possible. Um, So that's another little nugget for you, especially if you are uh, at this advanced maternal (laughs) age, like, okay, fine. If you're saying that, then that means that we need to take a look at every little nook and cranny of this and make sure that we're, you know, Everything's good to go, and if you're gonna in one breath say that I'm at advanced maternal age, and then disregard my concerns when I ask you questions, then there's, there's a disconnect, right? So I, you know, I hope and pray for you that if you're in this journey as well, that you feel really like confident in your um, medical staff, your doctor, and OB, all the people that are playing a part—nurses, assistants, all everyone—that everyone has your best interest at heart. And they are listening to you when you speak, and they're answering the questions that you ask, even if they seem like kind of questions, because it matters. Your uh, peace of mind matters so much, Um, especially when you've had multiple miscarriages. Like, okay, I know this sounds like a dumb question to you, but this is my third pregnancy in a year and a half. So you're going to answer me. You know, like, I, 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 with the new doctor, I didn't feel like I had to come off (laughs) that way. Like it was like, Oh, of course, like, let's sit down and talk about this. And here's a brochure actually, and here's more information here. And, did this did I, did I answer your question? what other questions do you have like that's the energy that your doctor should have, especially if you again have p c o s have you know what may look like infertility issues if you are at an advanced maternal age if you've had multiple miscarriages if you've been doing this for a while and you finally got it right right you know like that um and so yeah i I'm honestly like feeling so like I'm ready to try again, but everyone's just like, no, like, wait, like, and of course this is going to happen in God's time. So if I'm pregnant by next week, it's going to be, what's going (laughs) to be. I'm just really excited that I get to share this. And, you know, sometimes I get like really emotional because there's been, so one situation that like brings me to tears and hopefully I won't cry now because I need to get this out. But um, on one of my ministry teams, I do kids ministry at my church and I would um, text her and say, hey, I can't serve anymore because I'm pregnant and the doctor wants me to kind of keep it light and I'm on borderline bed rest uh, just because of you know blah, 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 blah. And I would tell her and then no sooner than I would tell her that I can't serve, I would text her and be like, I can serve again. And she'd be like, okay, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay but I had a miscarriage. And then I would text her again like a couple of months later like, "Okay, I can't serve again. <laughs> um take me off the schedule. I'm, you know, I'm pregnant again." And then I text her back and be like, "Okay, no, forget it. <laughs> um I miscarried again. Put me back on the schedule I can serve." And then I finally texted her like, "Okay, take me off the schedule. <laughs> I can't serve again." And I didn't text her again. Well, I mean, we spoke. But about this until it was like, here's, you know, here's invitation to the baby shower. Here's, you know, like, and I finally got to show her pictures of the baby. I finally got to like tell her I'm giving birth. Like it was just like one of the situations throughout this process that like God really showed up. And like, if I could go back and, Look at those text messages where I'm telling her, yeah, no, I, you know, I can't serve. And then weeks later, (laughs) but this is like, when I tell you, it's a God thing. And I didn't want to cry on the podcast because I've never cried on the podcast before. (laughs) And I'm recording, like, what? Like, the first time you want to record, like, the video of your podcast, you're going to (laughs) cry? Yes, cause that's how life works, right? But this is like a true testimony to what God can do when you like literally have faith and you know, like you know that when he places something in your heart, like and you know it's gonna it's going to pass, like and you don't let anything tear you away from what God is calling on your life and for you, and you're like okay. Miscarriage, fine. <laughs> this client said no to me. That's okay. You know, um, my family doesn't believe in my business. That's fine. My friends don't support me. That's fine. I know what God called me to do. And I'm here because He told me to stand in it. And He promised me <laughs> that everything is going to be as He said it would. And so here we are. So I don't even know (laughs) what to say next, but to thank you for listening. Um, And honestly, like what what he puts here is not for no reason. It's for a reason. And so you need to have faith that everything, when I tell you everything is working out for his glory and for your good, it is absolutely and positively true. So I'm going to share a little bit more um, as Aviella gets a little older and, you know, how we're moving and grooving through uh, what this is, running two businesses with a baby here, because this next four months, as I told you, we're going to wait until she's six months to have childcare care come in and help me, um, is going to be very interesting. And so I'm going to share with you what this looks like to operate <laughs> in this way, um, obviously, she's sleep half the time. So it's not like I'm gonna like give you this sob story, like, oh my God, it's crazy. Cause she's literally sleep half the time. Um, but it is different to not be able to ebb and flow and go as I completely please. So I'm gonna share that part of this journey. I'll probably share with you um as I start to think about conceiving again, I'll share with you what that's gonna look like, how I'm gonna incorporate you know, I'm really gonna get back to um health and fitness again and showing you what I'm eating as I'm, you know, continuing to live with PCOS. So I want to be more transparent about that. I'm just really excited to share more of my personal, um, over the next couple of years, a year or so, my primary uh, Instagram account is going to be kind of more of this. And we're going to move over to at Master Brand Consulting and share more business stuff. So you're going to see that over the next year. I'm just really excited for all that's to come. I'm excited for you and all that you have on your heart, whether it's, you know, maybe it is having more children, maybe it is birthing the business, maybe it is birthing the group program, maybe whatever it is that God has called on you. uh, I guess my two things for you is to have faith, to see it through, be consistent, um, be excited, uh, be present in the journey, knowing that God called you to this for a reason. Um, And as it relates to business, obviously all the same there. Um, but being aware that this is like when people would try to tell me having more kids is going to cause you to be less involved in your business. It's going to cause you to you know, like all these th- overwhelm and all of these things that people were putting on me. When I tell you that I signed a contract that was the equivalent to my salary at my old job that I had years ago, Like one customer paying that since, you know, the birth of Aviella or around, I guess before her, I signed that contract, but still like, I'm telling you, it all works out the way it needs to. So with that, I'm going to sign off. Uh, This has been super fun. Like, obviously I didn't expect to cry on camera because I've never done it before, but that was cool first time for everything. And I do love having uh, the video aspect of this. I think I'll probably do this again with future episodes. If you have questions, comments about what I shared, feel free to DM me, um, tag me on your Instagram story. If you have additional questions about what I talked about, I can dive a little bit deeper. I can do some live streams so we can talk there. I'm just super excited to share more about um, not only business, but how our life and all the things in our life—motherhood, uh, being a wife, being a partner, being a friend, being a daughter, being a whatever—a rich auntie, if you will, if you will—which I hate that term because uh, I'm rich in everything. I'm a rich everything. I'm I'm just rich. Period. Uh, but all of those things do impact how you live business, how you run your business. And what I really want to impress upon you is that we get to run our business in a way that allows for us to show up fully in every area of our lives. And so my best friend over here is cooing. So I'm going to hang out with her and sign off. So if you have watching this for the or listening for the first time, definitely subscribe uh, so we can get connected again. Hit me up on Instagram at Tanya Rivera Falcone, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Activate Your Massive Brand Podcast. I so hope you appreciated and enjoyed this episode. And if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes, as well as I would love for you to leave a review. And for doing that, I'm going to give you a free gift. So go over to TanyaWalkins.com forward slash free training.